Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What is submission? It means we put the needs of our spouse above our own. It means we put the needs of God above our own. God boss, me servant. So first, that verse that you just read is mutual. It means that both spouses seek God's will and submit to it. They both do. You've heard of trigger words, right? Words that, when spoken, evoke a strong, usually negative, emotional response in the hearer. Well, the word submission can be one of those. Some people think it refers to male domination, and more importantly, female inferiority. While many times it's been used to justify some men being domineering over women, the Bible uses it in a vastly different way. Pastor Mark will be teaching on the concept of biblical submission and what it means for the man and the woman. Enacting mutual submission will allow the couple to become more of a true union. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Matthew chapter 19 as he continues his series, Enjoying Marriage on the River of Life. Notice, right off the bat, submission is mutual. It's not talking about husband and wife. It's mutual. It's everybody. And it really means to submit to God first and then to each other. So write this down and then I'll give you the definition. First command from God. This is a do one. Do submit to God and do submit to each other. Husbands, wives, rulers, bosses, church Anything that has order, there has to be an attitude and an action of submission. Now, what is submission? Here's a definition you may want to write. It's a loving attitude that wants to cooperate. It really is a military term, which means to place in proper order. In other words, the husband and the wife would say like this to God, God, I submit myself to you. I put myself under your care. And then they say to each other, as spouses, I put yourself under you, and you put yourself under me as we put ourselves under God. Now, notice that definition. Submission is a loving attitude that wants to cooperate. An action and an attitude. It's not just an attitude. Sometimes, uh, if you tell your kids, in our day, we, we were bad, we had to go to the corner. Today, it's like time out or whatever you guys use. So you tell your kid, time out. Go sit in the corner. So he goes to the corner, he sits down. And you go, well, he's finally submitted. Well, he may have submitted on the outside. But he, when he's sitting in the corner, he's standing up right at you. You know what I mean with a four-year-old? You know what I mean, don't you? So let me ask you, is that submission? 
No, there's not submission. So later when we get to the husband and wife, they have to submit to each other. All right, I'll submit to you. It's a willing attitude, can't you tell? No, that doesn't work. It's always a willing attitude and an action that follows through. Now, as you begin to think about that, what does that mean? What is submission? It means we put the needs of our spouse above our own. It means we put the needs of God above our own. God, boss, me servant. So first, that verse that you just read is mutual. It means that both spouses seek God's will and submit to it. They both do. Now, would God's will be divorce? No, it would not be. There are reasons for divorce. Ongoing adultery, abuse, battery, drugs, alcohol, physical abuse. That just is ongoing, ongoing. But that's the rare exception. God gives us some reasons. But normally, it's never going to be that. Next, the spouses then submit to each other. They seek the other's best. As both spouses submit to God first... And then to each other, they put the needs of their spouse above them. What happens? God looks good. Our marriages flourish and they grow. So why would God say right off the bat, mutual submission? You want to write this down. Here's why. Submission defeats I selfish, I boss. As we seek each other's best, together we are living testimonies to the power of God. Because I can't do that without God helping me. Anything that God asks us to do, he equips us to do it. When I came here to start this church, I'd started another church, but I'd never been a pastor of church. It wasn't my goal. When I came here, One of the things that I knew, that I absolutely knew when I started this, if God was calling me here to be the pastor, even though I didn't have the ability, he would equip me to do it. That continues to this day. Two sermons a week, 100 sermons, 2,000 sermons. Where does the freshness, where does the newness, where does the anointing come from every week? The same God that started with me 18 years ago. Now, in your marriage, where will the ability to do it successfully come from? It will not come from you. It will come from the God who created you. So you can't sit here today and say, no way I can submit. That's I selfish, I boss. If you submit to God, you can. No excuses. Excuses is over. So when I begin to look at that, the call of God comes with the equipping of God. Always, whatever he asks me to do, he'll equip me to do it. We work together making a successful marriage. Now, what does it look like to put my spouse's needs above my own? These are my wife's shoes. How, how you women wear these suckers, I'll never know. You must keep bone doctors in. There I am. I picked a pair that went with my outfit. I like it. 
Now, why would I do this? If I walk in my wife's shoes, it reminds me what my wife does. What her life looks like. When we were younger with kids in the home and all this, it reminds me what her wishes are, her desires are. So as I do that, and if I'm going to submit one to another, then as I see what her needs are, her five things, if I walk in her shoes, then I can learn, it's very hard, but I can learn to put her needs above my needs. And if she wears my shoes, same thing. So I want you to practice this in your homes. Don't you dare go outside the door. Because I'll get arrested like some weird church over here. Who's a pastor telling you to wear woman's shoes on the street? Don't you do that. But see, when we do this, when we do that, what happens? I look at life very different. Without it, I'm single vision. It's all about me. No, it's not about me. It's about God. So God makes us different and gives us some of those things so that you and I can, even though we have contrasting viewpoints, we can begin to realize and honor and respect the needs of our spouse. A happy couple had always raised cucumbers and made sweet pickles together. The husband just loved to watch things grow. And he spent his winters looking at the seed catalogs, getting the best cucumbers. And the whole family came together in the spring and they planted and did whatever. And they just loved it as a family. Well, his wife, she loved to make pickles, sweet pickles. So she studied the best recipes, the best methods. She went through all of this preserving. And this amazingly happy family was known in the community for doing this project together. And of course, if you visited their home, you always went home with a jar of their famous pickles. Well, one year the husband died. The next spring, all the children returned home and they said to mom, Mom, we know how much you love to make pickles, so we're going to prepare the garden now that dad's gone. We're going to plant the cucumbers for you. And the mother smiled and she said, well, thanks a lot, children, but you don't really have to do any of the planning because you need to know this. I really don't enjoy making pickles. <laughs> I only did it because your father loved to grow cucumbers so much. Well, the children were amazed all those years, except for the youngest son. Because just before the father died, he pulled his youngest son together and he said this, you know, for all these years, I hated growing cucumbers. <laughs> but I only did it to please your mother. You like it? That's submitting one to another. It's a great illustration. But it's also a great illustration for a huge problem. That husband spent their whole life, the two of them, doing something they both hated. Why? Because they were never honest enough to communicate their real feeling. Life is too short to not communicate honestly and openly how we feel. So they wasted their whole life doing something they thought was for the other person. 
And it wasn't. So I want to challenge you today. We have to communicate our needs and our wants and our desires. Don't shoot the other person down. Be honest and open to them. Well, as we move along in the do's and the don'ts, we come to this thing called order. When God created the world, he had to put order in it. There has to be a head. There has to be structure. In everything that we do, not to have chaos, there has to be some kind of order. 1 Corinthians 11.3, look what it says. But there is one thing I want you to know, Paul says, the head of every man is Christ. The head of the woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. So there's three spiritual relationships right there that he's talking about. God's the head or the authority of Christ. Christ is the head or the authority of man. Man is the head or the authority of woman. Now, that head simply means authority in divine order. Understand, in anything that's going to have structure and work properly, there has to be a leader, there has to be head. When you walk outside the door today, there will be policemen that will help you stop, go, get across, do all the rest. If you take them away, it's chaos out there. So there's God-structured order. When we come to the home, we have the same thing. Now, I want you to write this down, and let me explain it to you. Husbands, next question, it's coming. Husbands and wives have distinct roles. We have different roles. There can't be two heads. There can only be one. Husbands and wives have distinct roles in marriage, but they have equal value. You see, the role has nothing to do with your value. That policeman officer that's out there. He's no better than you. He just has a different role. And so when we come to marriage, understand God, when he created us, he created us all equal, all to have dignity, all to have worth. We're all different, but there's simply different roles. And it's not about inferior or superior or I boss. It's simply about humility, freedom, and godly order. Now, husbands, I want you to look at verse 25. You're right there in Ephesians. Look at verse 25. This is for the husbands. How does that work? Here's what it says. Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, command, do this, love your wife. We'll learn what kind of love that is. It's an agape love. You can't do it without God. Well, what is my example? Just as Christ loved the church... Well, how much did Christ love the church? He died for it. When the church didn't want him. So some of you are going to say, well, if I love my wife, she, she might take advantage of me. She, doesn't, she won't show me back. So it's not about that. See, it's not one way. You do what God says, God will take care of the rest. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. Look at verse 28. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. I mean, he who loves his wife loves himself. So, men, I want you to write this statement down. God hardwired husbands to be the loving leader of the home. That comes from God. That's not man's idea. That's not Calvary Chapel's idea. That's God's idea. There has to be a leader. There has to be a head. No head, chaos. More than one head, total disaster. 
So the husband is to be the provider. Listen, men, if you're single and you're a woman and you're looking for a husband, listen to what I'm saying. This is the guy you want. The husband is to be the provider, the protector, the spiritual leader of the home. He is to set the tone for the family. He's to protect his wife physically, spiritually, and emotionally. It has absolutely nothing to do with power, but with loving servant leadership. He is to encourage and nourish and love his wife. Now, before I get on from that, some of you ladies are already saying, my husband doesn't even come close. Well, wait till I get to the wives part. Because there are no perfect husbands. I'd like to say to you, after 40 years, I do all of that. No, I have my struggles. By the way, my wife has her struggles. So we're all a work in progress. See, when you go to marriage counseling, here's what always happens. If he'd stop doing that, if she'd stop doing this marriage, it'd be perfectly fine. What I have to do is break both of their fingers and make them go like this. Because that's where it works. So men... Why is that here? What does God want us to do with all that? The husband is to love his wife so that she can be everything God designed her to be, uniquely as her. So here's what you husbands need to write down. Do submit, obviously to God first, then to your wife. Do love and do lead Lovingly, your wife. Well, that's the husband's. We're to love and submit and lead. As Jesus Christ did. Well, verse 22 gives us some words for wives. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Notice, the men are to love their wives, not because they're beautiful, not because they've done everything they want. They're just to love their wives. Women, you submit to your husbands because he's a perfect provider, because he's a perfect whatever. No, just as you do to the Lord. You do the thing that God asks you to do. Submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church's body, which he is the Savior. Now, look at verse 33. At the end of verse 33 is another big aspect for the woman. Not only are to you love and submit your husband, but notice, the wife must respect her husband. So God designed husbands to provide leadership in the home. What is the wife to do? She's to support and respect her husband. They're to work together as a team. But look at me. Understand what I'm going to say. This does not mean that wives are doormats or that wives are to be silent partners. Okay, you're the boss, honey. Number one, remember the second thing that women like to do? (laughs) But here's what I've learned over the years. God brought us together for a reason. In my marriage... I try to seek Linda's opinion basically about everything we do. Why? Because I'm incomplete without her. She has insight that I don't have. She has different personalities that I need. So if you're trying to be this one-way street person, either as a man or a woman, we'll see that when sin comes in, it throws us all upside down. 
We have men that won't lead, and we have women that won't let their husbands lead. So if you're here today, and you're a husband, you need to be asking your wife in every single thing. How in the world? What do you think of this? What's it look like to you? See, very often women have intuition. Us guys, we just go right down the street, and we're total idiots. They're going, what are you doing? Do you see what that person's doing? They have this. We need that. So God gives wives to be useful, not only just to support, but to be very active on the marriage team. You see, something in a man needs the respect of a wife. He thrives. He grows toward godliness when that need is fulfilled. So what does God call the wife to do? To help her husband be all that God designed him to be. Now, there's limits to submission. Listen to Bruce Barton. Wives are to do everything they can do to encourage and support their husband's leadership in the home, but not blindly or unquestioningly. When the husband is in error or even outright sin, it's the wife's responsibility to lovingly confront him, pointing him back to the lordship of Christ as the ultimate Authority. We need each other. You need your husband and you need your wife. Wives, write this down. Wives, do submit, do love, and do respect your husband as unto the Lord. You see, if we'll start doing some of those things, our spouses will become what they need to become. Believe in them. Praise them. Pray for them. Be active in their life. So what happens in our marriage? The only way Andy and Ann are going to enjoy life is if God is in the middle and they're submitted to God and they're submitted to one another, realizing that their spouse is very different but has great worth in their life. You see, as we do this together, that unity energizes us rather than tearing us apart. That's Satan's goal. God wants to move us together in unity. So the last thing I want you to write today is this. It takes God and both spouses working together to make a marriage successful. Impossible to do it without God. Cannot do it without God. Will never be what you need to be without God. God must be first in your life. When I submit to Him, everything else begins to flow right. When I don't, everything goes wrong in my marriage and my life. It just does. Choose to sin. Choose to suffer. One of the things that Pastor Mark taught you today was that whatever God wants you to do can not come from your strength or energy. God himself will provide the ability for you to do what he's commanding you to do. You also learn the importance of empathizing with your spouse, walking in their shoes so that you can serve them better and more honestly. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. 
For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Enjoying Marriage on the River of Life. You'll learn about the relationship between love and marriage and an ancient form of transportation. You'll also hear what the Bible says about love. You're going to learn multiple meanings of the word love, how each of those applies to men and women, and husbands and wives. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.